welcome to Vision Scoop, a program intended to educate and inform. My name is Wilbert Williams. A place to listen and learn. Hello there, and welcome to another episode in the series Vision School. Today, I have a very special guest lined up for you, and we are going to chat about anything and everything. So, when welcome to the program. Thank you very much, sir. I'm glad to be here. Okay. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about Wayne Scott? Well, like Wilbert just said, my name is Wayne Scott. Uh, I am totally blind and partially deaf. I've been blind all my life. Um, I am on my second marriage. Um, I also... I have four kids from a previous marriage. They're grown, pretty much. And um, I also have a YouTube channel where I do interactive stories to help people calm down. Um, I am also a musician, not a professional, but just a, a hobby of mine. I play guitar and I also collect music. So, um, but yeah. Okay, let's back up a little bit and check sure. and talk about the early beginnings of Wayne. Um, are you totally blind? Yes, I am totally blind. Um, what happened was I was born six weeks early and they gave me, the hospital gave me too much oxygen, pure oxygen. The doctor told the nurses to give me 10%. So the nurses turned the dial to the number 10, not knowing it was 10 to the 10th power. Wow. This is, yeah, this is also what caused my partial deafness. I've been wearing hearing aids now for uh, 35, um, yeah, about 31 years. Okay. So this happened very early in life. Yeah, when I was born, yes. At birth. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you, you went to the school for the blind? No, I did not. I was mainstreamed throughout all my schooling, um, which I am all for if the person's able to handle it. Um, I worked at a school for the blind as a volunteer when I first got married on my first marriage, but no, I never went to a school for the blind. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your mainstream experiences in the early days. What was it like well, as a young well, kid? I was considered more what I call the novelty act. I wasn't in with the in crowd, but I wasn't in with the out crowd. Um, because the high school campus that I was on, they had had a, a very negative experience with a blind person some years previous before I came on. I was able to turn that around in the five years that I went to high school and um, it is tough, but it can't, mainstreaming is tough, but it can be done um, if the person can handle it. Not everybody can. Um, 
I was able to keep up in the classes with my sighted peers. I wasn't able to do a lot of the physical activity except in adaptive PE or physical education, but I was able to, as far as the um, academic work, I was able to keep up with them. Can you recall some of the coping strategies that you used while you were in men's oh, shoes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's something I never really thought about. I mean, I've been, um, I just did it. I mean, I've been, um, yes, at times it was difficult. And also trying to get everything into Braille, which is, <laughs> I am all Challenge, for learning. Challenge. Yes, I've been, <laughs> I've been reading Braille now for 41 years, since I was four years old. Yeah. So, um, and I am for everyone who can, they should learn Braille. Being partially deaf, it has been a lifesaver for me. Um, but otherwise, I, I, like I said, I just, I just did it as far as going through. And um, fortunately... I had some teachers who were willing to work with me and help me get through the stuff. Some I didn't have, but most of the ones I did have knew how to, uh, were willing to work with me. So I had some very good teachers throughout school uh, and all that. So I just, I just did it. <laughs> okay. Besides Braille, what, what other equipment did you use during that period? Okay, well, um, as I've said, I wear hearing aids. Um, I use a Braille display with my iPhone with voiceover, with, which is a screen reader for iOS or Apple products. Um, I also use JAWS on a PC laptop. Um, otherwise, that's about it. I mean, I, there are apps that are out there that do work. I just have to play with them a little bit, but... Otherwise, my wife, who cited my second wife anyway. No, but I mean, during during your days in... Oh, school days. In, okay. in Thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't make myself clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I used Braille, and I also used, at the time, books on cassette tape. This is when computers were just beginning to be adapted for the blind. So uh, they weren't really usable at the time. I used a typewriter, uh, electric typewriter. I type about 51 words a minute. Um, So, and I had to rely on readers a lot. Uh, So between all of that. um, Okay, so so, um, you got through elementary school all right being mainstreamed and then you went you went on to high school and you want to tell us what it was like in high school it was it much different from the elementary side of things okay i'm going to back up a little bit when i was in elementary school um they had what was called a resource room for the blind students to you know get together with the teacher if there was any problems and getting things done or classes or that sort of thing. So that mm. I didn't have that in junior high and high school. That's um, otherwise in high school. Um, it really wasn't that much difference. I didn't have a resource room. I had an itinerant or traveling teacher who came every now and then. And um, now in elementary school, we had a teacher who made sure we had everything in Braille. But I didn't. I didn't start using books on tape and all that other stuff I mentioned until junior high and high school. 
Um, so it was kind of a real eye-opener for me um, and having to rely on readers and that sort of thing. So, but I had uh, my VH teacher or uh, teacher of the visual handicapped or impaired, whatever the, I don't care what, teacher of the blind, I'll say what it is. Um, She pushed us to get out there and do what we needed to do. Um, I also went to a a blind center where I could meet with other, have fun with other blind kids and that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, as far as mainstream between elementary and high school, the only difference was there was no resource room. And I had more teachers just like everybody else. So I was able to keep up easy. So you're quite comfortable at the high school level then? Mm-hmm. Yes, um, it was. It was, it was pretty um, comfortable. That was, just, that was the time where the high school had that negative experience with the blind person. But when ele- elementary school, yes. there were like, oh gosh, there were like about 10 or 12 of us blind people at the school, all, all through different grades. So... That was, you know, easy enough. Whole group, but in high school, yeah, I was hmm? a whole group of yes, including me. Mm-hmm. Yes, a whole group. Yes, but in high school, yeah, I was pretty comfortable. I had to uh, learn the campus every year again because my classes were in different positions or different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I was I was pretty comfortable. Having gone through high school, what next? Um, I, I took four semesters of junior college, but I dropped out because I found out I wasn't classroom material. I did, and I also went to a training program for the blind, and um, that was after I got married. Between high school and my first marriage, I pretty much did. I didn't. I didn't have any schooling because I was trying to deal with vocational rehab in California at the time. And <laughs> every week I was calling them and they never got back to me. Finally, I went to a supervisor and got results. But either way, um, voc rehab, a lot, and this is just my opinion, mind you. I don't think a lot of people who work for vocational rehab really know how to work with a blind person. They really don't. Um, that's why some states here in the U.S., including Idaho, have their own commission for the blind. So that helps. I didn't move up here to Idaho until 2004. But I got my first marriage. I got married in 1995. And we lived in California. And during that time, um, I became a guide dog user twice over. Um, I had four kids. And then we moved up here to Idaho. And at this, the whole time after I dropped out of junior college, I went into customer service training. Uh, and I've been doing customer service different branches for the last 20 years. I'm not working now currently um, because it's very hard for a blind person and deaf person to find a job uh, that it fits what they are. A lot of a lot of times that the jobs that they give deafblind people are the menial jobs, stuffing envelopes, stuffing bags. I'm sorry, that's boring. <laughs> I need a job with a challenge. <laughs> not for you. It's not for you at all. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, I worked from 2000 until 2001. I worked at the... Department of Child Support Services clearing voicemail. That was one of the most boring jobs I ever did. And then 
in 2003, I went to another job training program. This one was in Buffalo, New York, called the National Statler for Careers in Hospitality Services for the Visually Impaired. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. And I strongly recommend the program. I mean, it was 13 weeks, and, and part of that included an internship. You learn to work in the hospitality industry, hotels and call centers and that sort of thing. Well, they didn't have call centers at the time. That came on later. But, and they also would help me find a job. Well, I, after I graduated from that program, I looked for nine months in California. I was the only one in that particular class that really pounded the pavement, so to speak. Yes. And the Statler Center actually came out to California to kind of give the companies that I had interviewed a little boost. Well, it didn't work for some reason. Well, anyway, um, I finally went to the place where I internship, which was in the uh, Buffalo, Niagara, Marriott in uh, Niagara, in New York. And I said, hey, because they were a property management company. They worked double trees at the time, double tree hotels. Mm-hmm. So I asked them if they could put my name to a few states. And they said, what states? So I gave them Oregon, Idaho, and Oklahoma. Idaho was the only one that called me back. So I got the job out here in 2004, moved up here. That job lasted six months. Uh, then because they went automated, which I hate automated just as much as the next person. <laughs> and then I worked at City Card, which is a credit card. Although at the time we were primarily handling Sears accounts here in Boise. So I worked for that call center for two and a half years. And um, I really didn't care for that job. Be- well, I liked the job except for one part, sales. Yes. Because um, having been trained in reservations, I've figured out the difference. With reservations, you're selling the guests what you know they need, amenities and that sort of thing. Mm. With sales for like a credit card or something, you're selling what you think the customer needs. There's a difference right there. It's a big difference. Oh, yeah. Well, they fired me because I didn't make the same amount of sales every day. Mm. And then I was out of work for four and a half years. And then I ended up working for Envision Express, which is a company or JWAT agency that handles military stuff. We supplied we supplied janitorial, stationary uh, office supplies, janitorial, clothing, deployment gear for the military. And there's 16 stores across the country. Well, the one up here in Mountain Home, I worked for six years. And I finally had to quit because I was making, I was paying more in transportation than what I was actually making on the job. <laughs> so something had to go. Doesn't make, <laughs> doesn't make sense. So, and during that time, after I left Envision, I ended up getting a divorce from my first wife. And I married my current wife uh, last year. So okay. I'm not working now, but okay. that's okay. I, you might say I'm semi-retired. <laughs> <laughs> You have taken early retirement. There you go, yeah. <laughs> Listen, we've talked a lot about blindness in, in our discussion so far, mm-hmm. but not much on deafness. What, right. What is it like to be blind and deaf? Well, I'm not wholly deaf, but I am partially deaf. And at times, it is very frustrating. 
Helen Keller was right on one thing. She said a quote, and it makes perfect sense. It is more debilitating to lose your hearing than your sight. And it is because you rely more on your hearing than your sight. And I have found that in, this is why it's hard for a blind deaf person to find a job, especially for me. I I do better with a one-on-one situation versus a gathering of say 10 people. I can't handle it. Uh, But so at times it's very, it's like if I'm at a large gathering, I'm in what I call observation mode. I'm there, but I'm not there. <laughs> yes. But uh, right now, because of COVID uh, and also other things, I really, my wife can't handle large gatherings because of her autism. And me, I can't handle them either because it's too hard to hear. Okay. So, But between, but like, between you, you compensate mm-hmm. a lot, do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you, are so. able, you are able to carry out functions that she might normally find it difficult to do. That's right. That's right. And we balance each other. Yeah. Really. Um, there are some things she can't do that I can do and vice versa. Yes. Um, but as far as, like I said, I didn't start wearing hearing aids till I was 15, uh, a freshman in high school. I was the one that actually told my parents, I think, and this is at the beginning of my freshman year, I said, you know, I think I'm going to need hearing aids. Well, my parents just kind of laughed it off, you know. But a speech therapist, I, was, I had a, an evaluation that year. Mm-hmm. Speech therapist in, evaluated me. And then um, we had an IEP, individual education plan. And the speech therapist told my parents, hey, if he says he needs hearing aids, get him in there. Yes. Well, they did. They got me in there. And at the time, I was just on borderline of needing hearing aids. So I knew I wasn't kidding. And when they put a test set of hearing aids on me, my mother was floored at how much I wasn't hearing. Um, and my hearing improved. And at the time, hearing aids just made everything louder. They have progressed a long way since then. Mm. Uh, I'm wearing a current set now that I've had for a couple of years that uh, my iPhone is Bluetooth too. It's tailored to my hearing loss. It makes some things louder, some things softer. So it's, they've come a long way since 1988. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And um, thanks to the, the iPhone, you have all oh, yeah. to in- improve. Oh, yes. I agree with you there. Um, mm. I'm all for Apple products. I mean, it's, I wouldn't recommend. They have been by far the most accessible. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They, they, they have their difficulties from, you know, year to year. But, uh, I mean, they correct the errors in time. Uh, and, I agree. They do. And you can't get any better. Right. And there is no such thing as perfect software. Oh, no. It's going to have bugs here regardless. Yes, yes. Tell us a little bit about Idaho. You live in Idaho. What is, what is it like in Idaho? Idaho is, um, well, Idaho, a lot of Idaho spuds, the potatoes come from here. Oh, that I know, that I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys get the good ones, we get the lousy ones. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, I... It's, it's a lot of desert up here. I live on southwest Idaho in Boise, um, which 
it's I live in the Treasure Valley. The other end of Idaho, northern Idaho, borders uh, Washington and Boise, Idaho. That end uh, borders Oregon. Um, but it, I have found, after living here for 16 years, compared to California and also Illinois, which is where my second wife is from, Idaho is a little bit behind the times, which is great. Friendlier people, a lot more conservative, um, and, and like I said, not as fast-paced, which I, I prefer. I prefer the slower-paced. So I, I like it. I mean, I have no regrets about moving up here, although it took me tooth and nail to get up here. But <laughs> Yes, yes. Did you have difficulties making up your mind? Well, my, ex, my ex-wife tried to convince me. She and my three older kids tried to convince me, but they had finally had to back off. And finally, what brought me up here was the job I told you about that I got yes, here at the Double yes, Tree. Yes. That the, that's the thing that brought me up here. So it's, I'm glad it did. No, you are unemployed at the moment, but you have found employment for yourself through podcasting. You want to tell us a little bit about your foray into podcasting? Sure. My YouTube channel, which incidentally, my username is, my YouTube name is Chime Bear, two words. I'll tell you the story behind that in a minute. Say that again. Um, (laughs) Chime, Mm C-H-I-M-E, Bear, B-E-A-R. Okay. I'll tell you the story behind that in just a minute. But anyway, um, I was actually, I was still, um, I was actually trying to find some way to reach out to people because I've heard a lot of people, you know, doing YouTube channels and that sort of thing. And Mm -hmm. I enjoy reading out loud to people. Well, um, I thought, why not? I'm going to give this a shot. So I was thinking about it and, um, studying other people in their YouTube channels. And then I chanced upon an app called Spreaker. Yes. And I said, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. Mm -hmm. So I did an interactive story, which is a story where the listener fills in the blanks of the conversation of a story. And um, I did one. And I put it out there on Spreaker. Next thing you know, and I had created a YouTube channel when I opened my Gmail account. Well, um, I I didn't have anything up there because I didn't know anything about YouTube hardly. Well, I got an email from YouTube saying, congratulations, your first video. I'm like, what? So I looked over to my YouTube channel. It was my podcast from Spreaker. Okay. Yeah, I was like, Wow. So I started doing that. I also started doing some reading out loud, but I found those didn't get much views. The interactive stories were the ones that got the most views. So I've been staying with those. And then Jessica, my wife, and I, we sometimes do a talk show format um, thing. Now, if you're wondering the username Chime Bear, which um, when I was a kid, there was a toy called a Chime Bear, which was a a teddy bear that had chimes in it. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I like music. There was the chime part. The bear is I have a teddy bear-like personality. <laughs> so so I just... Fun. Yeah, and I also found out. It's a good thing I did use that username because I decided just for kicks before I put the username in to see how many 
if I could find my YouTube channel with just my name, Wayne Scott. Mm. Do you realize how many Wayne Scotts there are out there? Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, username. <laughs> yes, yes. Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and I'm always open for more ideas on interactive stories. If it's something I can do, I'll do it. I haven't done one in a while because I'm, I have what's called writer's block. I'm out of ideas. Okay. I, I keep appealing to my subscribers, but no one has given me any ideas yet. <laughs> yes. So, but what I would do is I will, um, I can WhatsApp you the YouTube link if you want to put it in your description. Sure. Just to let okay. you, just to let you know, um, mm -hmm. my podcast, as you heard at the beginning, is called Vision Scope, and mm -hmm. it's really designed to allow people with disabilities to tell their stories in order to encourage others. And recently we added also talk, talking about issues relating to people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. So we might talk about blindness, we might talk about business, we might, uh, talk, we might talk about anything that, that touches the lives of people with disabilities. <laughs> Well, that's what these interactive stories also do. It's actually, I geared it for both audiences because um, they're there to help people calm down when they're really stressed out, but also at the same time to get them to think. I've done a couple of interactive stories re involving blindness related issues. Mm. And um, my in my first marriage, my ex-wife was blind, my mother-in-law who I still get along with is blind. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, of my four kids, my two middle ones are visually impaired. Mm -hmm. So um, I had a lot of groundwork to work with there. Yes, um, yes. And my, I always tell people, it's not, and this is, a lot, sighted people don't get this, but they need to learn to get it though. It's not what's on the outside it's, not, it's what's on the inside that That's counts. right. That's right. And I always try to put that message across. And you can do anything you want to do as long as it's not a brain surgeon or a truck driver. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you can do anything if you, if, you have, if you can find the resources and you can network with people, which is a big help. And also, if you have a good attitude about it, yes. um, I'm learning to instead of saying I can't, I'm learning to say I am unable or I am able. That way, it makes it sound more professional. And also, too, we live in a society where many people think that blindness is contagious. Mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's so true. And also, they will, and unfortunately, we're stuck with the job for all our lives. Yes. Educating the public. And it's something um, I've learned just to go with because there's, yes. there's nothing you can really do. Mm -hmm. And if you do it, if you educate the public yes. with a positive attitude and don't give them an attitude, you're going to find they're more receptive. Yes. Yes. Uh, I've spoken with kid classes. Um, Jessica, my wife, her father is a teacher and oh, oh he's oh, going to be retiring a teacher mm -hmm. for the blind so she knew some things she still has a lot to learn yeah. but 
she's getting there. And it's just a matter of being patient and which never pray for. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been a Christian for many years. So anyway, but that's another story. Um, but if you have a good attitude, you have a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my important. A sense yes. of humor is absolutely mm-hmm. important. Yep. My philosophy is life is too funny to be taken seriously. If you can't laugh, you're in trouble. Yeah, really in deep trouble. Tell us a little bit now about Wayne the man. We have been talking about all these issues and things you have gone through. Uh, but I want to know a little bit about Wayne the, the, the man. What, what foods do you like? That's a hard one because I'm, I'm on a seafood diet. If I see food, I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I like baking and cooking. I prefer baking over cooking, but yeah. Um, I also, um, I enjoy talking and working with people, um, mm. reading out loud. Um like I mentioned at the beginning, I play the guitar. I haven't done that in a long while, but I can do it. Um, and I have my normal issues like everybody else, and um, which I'm going to back up here a little bit, which is one thing why I stay away from the news media, because they only focus on one thing, the blindness. I'm like, get yes, past that. Yes, yes. Get past that. Yes. I'm just a normal guy who just happened to can't see. Of you know, course. that's it. Of course. And um, I enjoy life. I mean, I um, a chicken soup quote, a chicken soup for the soul quote I read years ago sums it up best. A pet, an optimist says, "Good morning, Lord." A pessimist says, "Good Lord, it's morning." I'm the first. <laughs> I will remember that one. Yeah, I, I like that because yeah. I I try to keep a positive spin on life. And I'm also having to relearn some of that because in my first marriage, it was very, uh, uh, well, not all of it, but there was some very, very negative experiences and I had to come out of it after I divorced and I'm still coming out of it. I'm still working on stuff, but I've gotten a lot better. Um, I have faults just like everybody else. Um, But, you know, and and like I said, I, I enjoy eating. I have to be careful though, but I enjoy eating. I, um, I also work out on a treadmill, like mm. everyone else. And even then, that was a hard one to find. I was lucky this time. I found an accessible treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as 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 a person who is blind and deaf, what has been one of the most embarrassing moments you have had? Oh boy, I've had a lot of them. Um, Give us one. I'm trying to think of one. <laughs> <laughs> Because a lot of the time, it's like, uh, um, well, you know, I really don't remember, but I can tell you one that did happen to me and my wife a couple years ago. That last year, we were working on a computer, and somehow the keyboard wasn't talking to the computer. And we called tech support. We called all these other places. Like, well, we think you have a virus. Finally, my wife called someone at church. Her her son-in-law came over. Wasn't plugged what in. Had happened, what had happened was the keyboard wire had become disconnected. Okay. The only thing I could say was after that was, 
point. Do I feel stupid? <laughs> oh, uh, re- restaurants. There's another one. Um, when I am remembering a moment now. This happened back in 1990 when I was still a teenager. I learned it because I have a very hard time cutting meat. Uh, you would too. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I learned a trick. I would ask, if I went out to dinner, I would ask the waiter or waitress when I give them the order if they could have the meat cut in back. Mm. A lot of restaurants have never heard of it. Oh, yeah, there were a few times it came back not cut. And, uh, but now it's no problem. Yes. Um, and here's something else for you. This one's kind of funny in a way. Um, I know it's not embarrassing moments, but it is kind of funny because it shows just how ignorant some society is. My first wife was pregnant with our son at the time, and she was, uh, and I, she sent me to the grocery store to get some groceries. Okay, I had to take a cab home. I called the cab company that we normally use. And they said, well, we're full. We're going to recommend you call this company. So, okay. So I called the company. Got home. I asked the driver if he could put the dry- groceries on the porch for us. Mm-hmm. He proceeded to drop them in the middle of a driveway. Oh, no. And take off. <clears throat> uh, I called the cab company. And I explained the situation. They well, we can give you a free ride. I said, no. I don't want a free ride. They said, well, what do you want? I said, send that driver here or send someone else from one of your cab company to help us find our groceries. Yes. They did. <laughs> and my first wife goes, you handle that better than my father because her dad had a mouth on him. <laughs> and, and it's a customer service trick, even though I didn't know that at the time. Yes, but it's a customer service trick. If you treat people respectfully, you don't swear oh, and yes. cuss at them. You're oh, going to yes. get results. Oh, and sometimes better than what you expected. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. But oh, I do remember an embarrassing moment. This is one of my pet peeves too: asking for directions. Uh, I was on my way somewhere and I got lost. This is in California. I asked someone came up to me. I said, uh, do you know how to get to this place? They went, no English. I'm like, oh, thanks a lot. Mm. I was embarrassed. I'm like, why didn't you say something? <clears throat> so, but yeah, um, a lot of my embarrassing moments, I kind of just let go in the past because, you know, hey, oh, yeah. you, know, you learn from them. You, you just and have to I, move on. Yep, and I've also been a guide dog user twice. Um, and it's funny, more people pay more attention to the darn dog than they do the person. I was going to ask you that because I had a guide dog at one stage and I found the same thing, that um, people gravitate towards a dog rather than to you. Mm-hmm. And one thing that, one time, and oh, I was ticked. Person comes up, I ask them for directions, they proceed to grab the dog's harness. I immediately mm-hmm. reach back and i shove their hand off of the harness. I'm don't you touch that. Yes, yes. And I explained why. But I was a guide dog user twice. Yes. And the reason I'm not I don't have one right now is one, because of my hearing. I can't generalize traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and two, 
I'm not out enough to where I need one right now. So yes. why get a guide dog when it ain't going to be used? It doesn't make sense. So even though I have a pet for a dog, a dog for a pet, but that's better than that. <laughs> do you listen to a lot of music? Yes. What kind of music do you like? If you if you had to take one piece of music with you into, oh, exile, into exile, which piece of music would it be? I would probably go for Southern and Bluegrass Gospel. Okay. Why? Um, I, I also started out as a folk singer on the guitar. That's one of the reasons why I gravitated toward more, even though in my teen years, I couldn't stand it. But now that I'm an adult, I love it. Southern Gospel and Bluegrass Gospel and the old country, the classics, the positive country I try to look for. Okay. Because uh, that's, that's what I play on the guitar for people, and I enjoy doing it. Uh, do you read a lot? Yes, I do. Uh, what is your favorite book? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I have several favorite series. Um, the Midford Years by Jan Karen. It's a Christian fiction series. A lot of the books I read are Christian fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the O'Malley series by D. Henderson. I've read that one aloud numerous times. But I will honestly tell you, as an adult and as a kid, I think my favorite book, I would have to say, would be Treasure Island. Because that book. Would, yeah, that was one of the first books on tape I got in 1985. This is when books on tape were just starting to come out. And I remember that book, and I saw the real version, and I still like it as an adult. Mm-hmm. How has and, COVID treated you? Well, I thank the Lord for this. I think he provided because we have plenty to do here. It's, it's frustrating at times as far as not being able to go out. Um, oh, I could, but to make sure my wife stays safe because she is high risk with her asthma and all that. I don't mm-hmm. go out much. And I do wear a mask. And I've had a lot of people ask me, does that affect your blindness? For me personally, no. I used to have what's called light perception. I could see light. Mm-hmm. And I had that up until I was 30. Then I lost that eye about a year later due to glaucoma, which I wouldn't recommend on anyone. So I got one prosthetic eye. And then just a few months ago, I got a plastic shell put over my left eye because it's deteriorating. And this is just more to protect the eye. Mm-hmm. So um, effect, wearing a mask does not really bother me. At all. I don't like it, but I've learned, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. Oh, yes. The only thing I will say, social distancing. Yes. They have markers on the ground. Yes. How the heck is a blind person supposed to know where to stand? There's no way that you can know. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, I've. I've, I have found plenty to do. I mean, I'm admin for a few WhatsApp groups. Mm. Um, I'm also, like I said, I'm, I'm on one group where I am actually reading out loud to people. Uh, mm. So I've been doing that and uh, doing computer work, working on my iTunes library and stuff like that. So I, I find stuff to do. Okay. It's easy to do. I mean, you can find stuff to do. The problem is almost everyone panics because... They don't know what to do. Well, there's plenty you can do. It's like I tell my wife oh. all the time. You have you have games. You have DVDs. You have puzzles. You have books. There's oh, all yeah. kinds of stuff you can do. Uh, the key is to occupy your time. Exactly. 
and and, <laughs> and like I said, you know, you you can find stuff to do. It's just a matter. When we were in lockdown, a lot of people were complaining that they were home with kids with their kids all the time. Hey, enjoy it. You may never get that opportunity again. That's right. So I mean, uh, yes, it's frustrating that we can't go out and do what we once used to do. But now we just got to learn to. And this is a general thing in life. Every day, adapt and adjust. Adapt and adjust. It's just it's the same concept for everything else. I always ask my guest at the end of an interview to leave a parting thought with our listeners all over the world. What would you well, say to listeners? Well, I think the best thing I can say, like I said a while ago, keep a positive attitude, you know, Learn your limitations. You are the only one that know your limitations. And if you know you are unable to do something, okay. But always be willing to learn, stay positive, mm-hmm. and treat people like you want to be treated. Because what it's what comes from the inside is what counts, not the outside. Because we obviously can't see the outside. We have to look at people for who they are. Mm-hmm. You treat them like you want to be treated. And that, and uh, it's something that I have always tried to live. Um, and like I said, laugh, have fun. You know, I you know I keep my I'm a Christian, so I'm going to say this: I um, follow what God tells me to do. I follow His leading, keep my oh, eyes yes. on Him. Yes, I support and, that. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's pretty much it, though. I mean, just if you learn to stay positive, you know, learn your limitations. Be open-minded, willing to learn if it's something you're comfortable with and treat people like you want to be treated. That's right. It's an excellent note on which to end this interview. Wayne, I want to thank you very much for granting me this interview and enjoyed the chat so much. Not a problem. I also want to say that, you know, um, I will... uh, send Wilbert the YouTube link and if anybody would like to subscribe to my channel, feel free. Um, I think you'll like what you see up there. Mm -hmm. Um, It is all audio, believe it or not, but my picture is on the screen. That's the only way I can get it into video. But it's all audio and you can use your imaginations. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Nope. (laughs) Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Yes. And, and if anybody has any questions, you know, they can um, they can either go through you. I'm also on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my, my Twitter handle is at ChimeBear1. For all of you who listen your radio stations on Simple Radio, one good piece of news for you today. UVC Radio is now on Simple Radio. Just download the app and search for UVC Radio, and you will have it right at your fingertips. UVC Radio is now on Simple Radio. Check it out. 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 If you have any questions or comments regarding this program, please address them to norwill2 at gmail.com. That is... N-O-R-W-I-L-L number two 
at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Have a happy and productive week. That's it for today. Join me next time when we will present another in the series Vision Scope. Music was provided by Rennie Williams Jr.